Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, uh, join me tonight in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And uh, we want to continue to look at some of these things concerning the Spirit. And, uh, you know, the Lord said, and it's, uh, it's amazing to me if you listen. And uh, the Lord said to us about 2022, of course, uh, the year for the church to display God's power. And uh, over and over again, uh, I hear especially voices that I trust. They're saying the same thing. You know, the Lord said to us about 2022, He said uh, that dissatisfaction and delusionment will prevail in the minds and the lives of many. And He, he went all the, way, all the way through the first part of that word, and He said that there would be people that would find that their trust in man is futile and will always end in disappointment and frustration. All right, uh, you know, this is something that, that a lot of times I don't know that uh, believers understand, and it's, it's this, there's always, there's going to be turmoil in the world. I mean, if uh, everybody that I have confidence in, they're talking about what God's going to do this year. But they're also talking about, you know, for the world, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Amen. Because of what God said, they're going to hang on to the arm of the flesh. They're going to trust in man, right? But he said, uh, for the body of Christ, there'd be beautiful clarity. Amen. A year of astounding abundance. Oh, hallelujah. But then he said, a year of revival of restoration, recompense, if they will believe. It will start in the local church, services full of the glory. Miracle, boy, we're having those. Miracles, healings, freedom from demonic oppression, sinners saved. Amen. Lukewarm believers returning to their first love. If they will believe, they'll see all this and more. He said, if they will believe, I'll restore not only financially what's been lost, but I'll restore joy, peace, and victory. If they will believe, they'll see recompense for any suffering they endured. Recompense for any damages and any loss. The spiritual tide is rising. The water is ankle deep. My God, if this is just ankle deep. He said it's rising and it's just ankle deep. If they will believe, the church will not only see a move of my presence, but they'll see unprecedented things. It's a year for the church to display my power. And I will do great things for you, but if you'll believe, I'll do great things through you. Oh, I believe God. I believe that. I believe that. And that's in spite of what may ever be going on in the world. Whatever's going on in the world, he said, this is a year for you to display my power. See, 
here's the thing. We can get hung up about what's going to happen. Pe- people can get hung up about, I, I heard somebody the, the other night that was saying, uh, uh, talking about the, the, the election last year. And, you know, I've not talked a lot about that. I'm not going to talk a lot about it. But, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they kept making statements and everybody was, was cheering and shouting. Well, what do you do? What, here's, I just want you to think. The devil likes it when people don't think. Amen. I just want you to think. You got one side saying that the former president's going to come back and be reinstituted as the president. But then you got voices that we trust talking about it's, there's going to be turmoil and there's going to be ups and downs in the political arena and otherwise. Well, here's, here's the question. So is God going to put the man back and we still get all the ups and downs and the turmoil? I mean, what, what's, what's, what's going on? You got to go to that place in the Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I want you to see something. In 2 Chronicles 20, I know you went to Thessalonians. I, I, we'll go to 2 Chronicles 20 and maybe we'll get out of it. I don't know. Maybe. But, but I want you to see something. This, this is so important. Because understand this. There is a, a prophetic flow very often on our ministry. We don't despise prophecy. But I want you to see something. I, w- I want you to see something. That, and, and I could preach right here. I preached right here Wednesday night. If, 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 if you haven't seen that on YouTube yet, that God showed up and, and, and moved a lot of things. But the point is, is this is when, well, let's just read this. It won't, it won't hurt. We, even if we do stay here, we won't have to change the name of the message or nothing. Hallelujah. And, and remember, this is where the children of Moab and the children of Ammon uh, with the, and other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. All right? It, th- there was a multitude. And they didn't look like, they didn't look like there was any way out of it. But Jehoshaphat, we're not going to take the time to read all that he said. He began to boast in God. Verse 7. Are not you our God that drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to your seed, uh, to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwelt therein and built you a sanctuary wherein, where, uh, therein for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry unto you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. Amen. That's shouting ground right there. Amen. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come cast us out of your possession that you've given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against... Now notice, we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. children. Notice, then upon Jehaziel, 
the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite. Now, a Levite, he's a, a porter, he's an usher. He might be in the praise and worship team, probably because he's of the seed of Asaph. But here's the thing. Understand what I mean. This is not somebody that you would maybe point out of a crowd and say, there's prophet so-and-so. All right? But notice what he says. A Levite of the sons of Asaph came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Do not be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. The battle is not yours, but God's. Ah, thus saith the Lord unto faith builders, Don't be afraid or dismayed. By reason of what might be going on, the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Oh, hallelujah. Now, a lot of times people start on this and they leave it right there. And and they'll shout for 30 minutes how the battle is not yours, but God's. But wait a minute. Hang on. Watch. Tomorrow, go down against them. So there's something you got to do. I said, there's something you have to do. He said, the battle is not yours, it's God's. But you need to get up in the morning and go down against them. Is that right? Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Notice, get up and go, but go knowing this. The battle is the Lord's, and go knowing this. You're not going to have to fight. Oh, hallelujah. That doesn't mean, now notice, that doesn't mean they don't have to do anything. They got to get up. They got to go. They have to do something. If, If you've ever had healing in your body, God healed you, but you did something. If you've ever had victory in your life, God did it, but you did something. If it wasn't anything that more other than believed God, kept your confession right, acted on what the Word said, but you did something, and they're up against an insurmountable foe, we can't defeat them. This is a multitude that we can't stand up against. And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel and he begins to say, Tomorrow, go on, set yourselves against them, but go out knowing this. The battle is the Lord's and you're not going to have to fight. Does that that look like a win? Amen. Say out loud, the battle is the Lord's and I don't have to fight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, now watch. <laughs> and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning. And went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said. Now I want you to look at this verse and I want you to see something. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. 
so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now, hang on right there for one minute. Now, that's in the Bible, and that's absolutely true, but hear me. What I hear a lot today is people pulling that, that word out about something they prophesied and say, the Bible says, believe his prophets. And I even heard people say, what didn't happen in the election didn't happen because the church didn't believe his prophets. Amen. That's garbage. Well, let me go over here where they believe me. That's garbage. Amen. He said, believe the Lord your God. Believe his prophets. Is that right? In this setting. Believe what Jehaziel said. We don't despise prophecy. It's right. But he said, believe what Jehaziel said. And what will happen? It will be established to you. Believe God, what God said. What did God say? Get up and go, but you're not going to have to fight. And the battle is the Lord's. Believe God, and it will be established to you. Believe the prophet it came through, and you'll prosper. The word will prosper in you. Hallelujah. Now notice, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. I studied this extensively one time. Everywhere you see that phrase where it says they begin to praise the Lord and say, Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. A great victory or a great blessing followed it. Every time. Every time. Every time. And very often they would would add, For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And every time there would be a great victory. You can't start talking about how good God is You can't start talking about how much God's done for you and how merciful He's been and God not show up on the scene. You can't start worshiping God that God doesn't show up to make it right. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And when they begin to sing and praise, now look, He told them what to say. Go and say, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And when they begin to sing in praise, when they begin to sing in praise, when they begin to sing in praise, when they begin to sing in praise. So, so what do you do when something's there that you can't fix and you can't turn and you can't change? You begin to sing in praise. You begin to worship God. You begin to tell God how good He is, how merciful He is. Amen. Ah, Hallelujah. The Lord set ambushments. The Lord did it. The battle is the Lord's. You're not going to need to fight. The battle is the Lord's. Ah, hallelujah. He set ambushments. Right now, while you're worshiping, God's setting a trap for the enemy. Hallelujah. Our job... In whatever year we're in, whatever time we're in, whatever political party's in the White House, our job is to sing and worship and praise and believe God. That's our job. Our job is to believe what God said. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. Mm. The enemy got confused. See, people don't see there's confusion reigning right now. The enemy's confused. This is important. There's so much spiritual activity going on. What the Lord said to us on that Wednesday night, uh, uh, I, I read that the last Monday that I was here in prayer, and, and I was about ready to close Wednesday night service, and I just got caught up in the Spirit, and I began to say what I was seeing. And I said, I see a politician, and I see him grab his head, and I see him fall over. I said, there's great change coming to Washington, D.C. There's great change coming. See, don't get lulled into the thinking that this is a physical battle. Don't get lulled into thinking that a political party is your problem or a certain individual is your problem. There's a spiritual battle going on. There's a war in the heavenlies that's happening over that city. The enemy wants to shut down the nation that's funding 90% of the gospel to the entire known world. The enemy wants to harm the United States as much as he wants to do any. It's a spiritual battle. And he will put puppets in place that will do his bidding. And that's on both sides of the political arena. But here's what I want you to see. Our job is to not get lulled into that and pulled into that. Our job stay focused on what God said. It's going to be a year of beautiful clarity. It's going to be a year of astounding abundance. It's going to be a year of recompense and restoration and revival. Amen. And the water's only ankle deep. And when Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked to the multitude, and they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Mm. Now notice, they found something, but they didn't have to fight. They found them dead. I think you missed it. They found them dead. Why? Because God said ambushments. God is only going to let what you're dealing with go so far. I'm telling you. You know, God is love. The Bible says God is love. But you know what God called himself? He said, I'm a man of war. Think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. Abraham's descendants go into bondage. They're there for 430 years. Over all those years, Pharaoh, different Pharaohs are persecuting them. Up to the point that they're, they're killing the, 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 the male children. Right? He wanted the midwives to kill all the male children. And the midwives feared God. And they went back and they said, those Hebrew women are a lot lively than Egyptian women. They, they have the babies too quick. And so Pharaoh put forth a decree. Read your Bible. Pharaoh put forth a decree and told every Egyptian, if you see a Hebrew baby boy, you can just go take him and throw him in the river. Destroying God's people. Now, now, now why was that important? Why was it important about the male child? Because in, in one of those male children was the seed of the Redeemer. The enemy's after the Redeemer. Are you following me? 
But Pharaoh kept persecuting them. Moses went to Pharaoh. Thus says the Lord, let my people go. What Pharaoh say? Who's the Lord that I should do what he asked me to do? Uh, you're about to find out. Amen. Or as Elder Morton would say, you is a fool. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't know nothing about oil. Amen. Hallelujah. But, right? So, 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 so he goes and, and he won't let him go. And he goes, okay, then the plagues are going to start. I don't have time to get into all that. But the plagues are coming. How many plagues were there? Ten plagues. What did they do? Destroyed Egypt. Is that right? Destroyed Egypt. And finally, when the firstborn child died in every house in Egypt, Pharaoh called Moses and said, get out of here. Take your people. The Egyptians were throwing money at them. Get out of here. Go. Right? They left. Red Sea opened. Pillars of fire keeping Pharaoh back. The pillars of fire lift. The children of Israel are on the other side. And Pharaoh has a change of mind and runs after him. Who split the Red Sea? Who redeemed his people? Who closed the Red Sea? Who killed Pharaoh? He killed him graveyard dead. Why? Because it's went too far. It's went too far. God will only let what you're dealing with go so far. I'm telling you, you can read all the way through the Bible. It will only go so far. Amen. How, are you with me? They came and they found something. They found the enemy dead. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take with the spoil... They found among them in abundance riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. That's called recompense. That's called recompense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, he said, they will experience recompense for any suffering they endured. Recompense for any damages and any loss. Hallelujah. 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 I've, I've, I've went through the Word and I found, you know what, you know the amount that God loves to recompense the most? Double. 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 I've, I've heard people say, well, seven times. Well, that verse is actually in, in reference to adultery, all right, and, and talking about if a thief steals to feed his family, nobody's going to hold it against him, but he is going to have to pay back seven times. Well, you know, the devil didn't steal for a good reason. But I want you to understand something. The devil's not recompensing us in 2022. God's recompensing us in 2022. Nothing in the word that God said did he say, I'm going to make the devil give it back. I don't, want, I don't want the devil to give it back to me. I want what God's got for me. You got believers that are running around chasing the devil, trying to make him pay, and he's already paid. He paid over 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary. His head was crushed. His power of death was taken away from him. The keys of death and hell and the grave were taken away. He has no power over you and I anymore. Oh, I'm helping you tonight. Do you see this? Oh, glory. 
Now, look at uh, Job. Job 42. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's so much spiritual activity going on. There's so much changing. There's so much changing. Job 42, verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord all, and all, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, hang on a second. Let's go back to Job 1. Verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed or got away from or kept evil at arm's length. And there were born unto him seven sons, three daughters. His substance, okay, here we go. His substance was 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, a very great household. This man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Now, here, here's something I want you to see. So that's how much he had in the beginning. I, when, when I taught the series, Poor Old Job, I made the statement that when you look at this and you study this, Job would have had a, a ranch or a farm or whatever you want to call it that reached from DeSoto to downtown Olathe. He would have been like Donald Trump or Bill Gates. Job would have been a billionaire in our day. He wasn't a farmer. He was an exporter and an importer. You, 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 don't, you don't need 3,000 camels just to have them. And notice it says he was the greatest man in all the east. That don't mean the east of DeSoto. That means the eastern part of the world. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right? He had a lot. He, I say he had a lot. He had a lot. Is that right? He was rich. Multi-billionaire rich. Hallelujah. Who took it all from him? What? Who took it all? Who killed his family? Who took his livestock? Who burned his houses down? Amen. Who struck him with boils? The devil, the devil took it all. Is that right? Took it all. He's the greatest man in the east, and the devil took it all. Is that right? But Job 42 says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job. The Lord did the who? Who took it? Who took it? Who took it? The devil took it. Then it says the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he turned, prayed for his friends. And also, wait a minute, the Lord gave. Who gave? The Lord. Who took it? Yeah. Who took it? Yeah. Who took it? Yeah. Who gave it? Lord. Who gave it? Lord. Who gave it? Lord. Did he just give back what he lost? No. Gave back double. Yeah. Amen. Now, now why? That's recompense. Recompense is not just getting back what was taken or what was lost. Recompense is over and beyond. Recompense is getting something because of what I lost. So he got back double. So now he's got 14,000 sheep. 
6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 she-asses, a very great household, and he's even greater than he was in the beginning. That's the year we're in. That's the year we're in. I said, that's the year we're in. You better start tallying up what you've suffered. You better start tallying up what's been taken because it's coming back. Recompense. Payback is coming to you. I'm telling you what I said earlier. God will only let it go so far. It's went as far as it's going. It's went as far as it's going. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know what you mean. Hold mine too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Recompense. Recompense. You're not going to show up there and find what you think you're going to find. The enemy's dead. Oh, hallelujah. So who took it? Who gave it? And how much did he give? At least double. At least double. That's where you tell your neighbor, say, I'm getting it back at least double. Say it again. Say, I'm getting it back at least double. At least double. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. At least double. Oh, hallelujah. Ah. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And that place, that place, that physical place, that house, that building, that place, that's just the beginning. That's just the start. Because the Lord says, I know what's in your heart. I know what you desire to do. Now in 14 days, 14 days from this date, 14 days on this Sunday, you're going to begin to be in contact with people that can help you. Now check your spirit and listen close. Ha, ha, ha. But I'm about to bring favor to you in a double dose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Because see, I don't, I don't know what this is all about. But I see y'all talking. And you said, wouldn't it be great if this business took off? And you haven't talked to me about this. If this business took off, and if this business took off, we could work the business three or four days a week, and we could apply ourselves more to the ministry yes, and help the church more. Yes, sir. 
favor in a double dose. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I believe that. I believe that. Ah. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. Well, that glory is thick. Glory to God. I believe God. Notice in Zechariah 9. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 11. As for you also by the blood of your covenant, I have sent forth your prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Turn to the stronghold, your rock, your salvation is what that means. You prisoners of hope, even today I declare, I will render double unto you. I, today. When? Today. Do you have a covenant? Do, do, do you have a stronghold that you can turn to? Yes. Yeah, his name is Jesus. And what did he say? Today. When? Today. today. What's the date today? The what? January 2nd. So today, January 2nd, I'm going to render double to you. Amen. Well, Pastor, you mean I'm going to see that before I get home? No, God's telling you double starts today. Double starts today. Double starts today. Double starts today. Hallelujah. 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 Because I'm telling you something. The devil is paying. He's paying. The, listen, if you, if you watched Brother Copeland last night, especially last night, he said, even now, get the spirit of prophecy came on him. He said, even now, the, the angel is ready to put the trumpet to his lips. Folks, we're about out of here. I said, we're about out of here. The rapture of the church is imminent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is gearing up His church for this last day's move of God. God is gearing up the church, the most powerful force the world has ever known. Such a mystery that the devil didn't know what was going on until the day of Pentecost showed up and he had been trying to deal with one man for three and a half years and couldn't deal with one. And on the day of Pentecost, he saw 120 of them replicated in front of his face. Within a couple hours, he saw 3,000. The next day, he saw 5,000. He's been pulling his hair out for over 2,000 years because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well and we are demanding double. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm understanding when this anointing like this comes on me I love to teach the Word. When this anointing comes on me, we're moving something. We're moving things. There are things moving out of your way. I, I'm a, Lord, I'll say that. There are people under the sound of my voice. Many, not just one or two. There's a few of you in here. There's been things in your family. Things with your kids. There's been pain. There's been loss. There's been hurt. There's been, di there's been, di there's been disillusionment. That's all getting paid back this And I'm telling you, your relationship is going to be better than it's ever been before. Double! Think about it. 
when it was the best it ever was and double it. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see this? And God's going to do it. God's going to do it. I say God's going to do it. I will render double. Uh-huh. I will render double to you. Notice in the book of Ezekiel. Oh, hallelujah. People say, Pastor, where have you been hearing all this? From that place in the spirit. I'm telling you. Ezekiel 13. You, you, you. In the days we live in, you must pray much in the Spirit. You've got to pray much in the Spirit. Not, not, not just, uh, I don't want to say this, Lord. Not, not just to know what's going on in the world, to know what's going on in the Spirit. Yes. I've got to pray much in the Spirit. And Ezekiel 13, 1. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against, that's not what I wanted, I don't think. No, we don't want to prophesy against those prophets. Ah, chapter 12, verse 27. Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say the vision that he sees is for many days to come. And he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, there shall none of my words be prolonged any longer. But the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. One translation says, there will be no more delay. Another says this, no more delay. There will be no more delay. There will be no more delay. Double. 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 Hallelujah. Any suffering that you went through last year, double. Double. Recompense. Hallelujah. You may say, well, how can, how, can I, how can I be recompensed for a certain amount of suffering that didn't have a monetary value? You, listen, God will recompense you for that because He said He would do it. Any suffering, any pain that, you, that was caused, He's going to pay you back for it. And all I got to do is believe. All I got to do is believe. Amen. I just got to believe. Say out loud, Lord, I believe. Say it one more time. Lord, I believe. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He did everything he could do. He did everything he could do to stop you. He did everything. I'm telling you, there are people in the sound of my voice that in last year the devil threw everything and the kitchen sink at you and you are still here. You are still standing. You are still rejoicing. You are still joyful. The, the devil cannot take you out. He can't stop you. He, he threw his best shot at you. And you're still here. Double. Double. We win and the devil eats it. That's just, that's just how it is. Oh, I believe God. Oh, I believe God. Oh, I believe God. He said it would be a year of beautiful clarity. 
beautiful clarity. So for the world, things are going to be dark. Things are going to be murky. Things are going to be confusing. For us, beautiful clarity. For us, beautiful clarity. Folks, don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in all, in all the stuff. Listen, don't get caught up in all the confusion. Because the world just jumps from one thing to another. If, 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 this loses, lose it, if this loses its effect, they go to something else. If that loses its effect, it goes to something else. Amen. Hallelujah. I was flipping through the channels the other day, and there, and, and, and there was a, a college football game on. And, and I'm, I, I'm, listen, I'm a sports guy. I don't mind sports. But here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, sitting there th- I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there, there, are, there are states that still won't let churches meet, but they'll let 100,000 people be in the college football stadium in the same state where they won't let a church meet. Amen. You want to know why? There's not, there's not hundreds of thousands of dollars coming out of that church. It's the love of money. Don't get caught up in the confusion. It is what it is. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Keep your eyesight clear. We have beautiful clarity. We know what to do. We're living out of that place called in the spirit. Am I helping you with this? Hallelujah. And he said the water is just ankle deep. My God, what are we going to do when it gets up waist deep, chest deep, head deep? Hallelujah. We're going to swim, I reckon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I will do great things for you, but if you'll believe, I'll do great things through you. So he's giving us a commission. He's saying, I need you to do these great things. I need you to do them. The anointings and the callings in the last days are getting stronger. To to people that are open to them, they're getting stronger. Because we, we, we said things like this, but I want you to, to hear me tonight. The church is not going to be raptured out of the earth as an escape. We're not escaping because we're afraid or because we're, we're getting whipped. And God says, oh, you've had enough. I'm going to pull you out. Mm-mm, no, no. That's the blessed hope we have. Amen. He's, he's pulling the church out because the church age is over. Romans chapter 10 says there are certain things that must continue until the age of the church, until the church age is completed. Until the church gets its job done. We're going to get the job done. This gospel will be preached as a witness to all the earth. Are, are you following me? There will come a conclusion to the Father's plan for the church and He'll rapture the church. But we're not, listen, we're not going out sneaky. The Bible says there's going to be a shout, a trumpet, and the voice of an archangel. Going to be a noisy event. A supernatural event. But we're sure getting up out of here. 
But until then, we're not slugging through the heat and the cold, a weary pilgrim on a journey. We're the church of the living God. The church that Jesus said the gates of hell could not prevail against. The Lord said something to me in the word he gave that Wednesday night. He said, I said the gates of hell could not prevail against my church. What makes you think any man-made organization can prevail against my church? If I hear one more preacher tremble in the pulpit about what's going on in the world like there's nothing we can do and we all better be petrified and buy land in the desert and get your canned goods together because we all better find a cave, I, 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 I think I'm just going to go meet them and take them out and buy them a coffee or something. Amen. Buy them a Starbucks or... Maybe. If he repents, maybe. But if he don't repent, we'll go to Duncan. That's how it is. If, if, he, if he don't repent, we'll make him drink decaf. So hallelujah. But you, no, 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 Now you say who you're talking about. Nobody in particular. But here's the point. Anointings and callings are getting stronger. They're increasing. The, the anointing on pastors is getting deeper. Because we're, we're the shepherds. We watch the fold. The, the anointing is getting stronger. It's getting deeper. The anointing on your life is getting stronger. It's getting deeper. Why? There's, there's things that we've got to do. For everything that God begins to pour out, everything that he pours out, there has to be a, if he's going to give us double, there has to be double commitment from us. Amen. This is what we're committed to. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to see. And, 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 and that's not just commitment in the terms of like being in church and doing different things. I mean, you're committed to the plan and to the purpose of God. We receive God's plan for our life. We receive it by faith. We receive it nothing wavering. We receive it sight unseen. Period. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say so out loud, double starts now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. There, there's, there's no access to these things in the flesh. And I'm not going to get over into all this. I'll, I'll take too long. But there's no access to many of these things in, in the flesh. Access is only granted as I sow to the Spirit. As I sow to the Spirit... I, I'm granted access to these. Doors open as I sow to the Spirit. Think, things that I need to, to, to move, to change, open as I sow to the Spirit. Amen. God is bringing things to pass that you've been waiting on. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, remember, I remember the night, I remember the night when, uh, when we were at Deeper Life, and uh, many of you were never in this building, uh, it was in a building probably a quarter the size of this room, and uh, pastor's, Pastor Morton's first building. And uh, uh, we were there, and it was a Sunday night, and the Holy Spirit started moving, and, and he prayed for my wife. And she went out in the Spirit, she saw her first vision. And it was in that vision that she was wearing that, or holding that tattered garment of her past, and would hold it out to people and show it, and then point them to the cross. And the Lord began to tell her how she was going to do that and, and, touch, and touch the world. 
Well, that, was, uh, that would have been 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. 26 years ago. Amen. Well, that's coming to pass this year. She just signed the contract with Harrison House to publish her testimony that's going to go around the world. Now, we only had to wait 25 years. Now, now here's what I want you to see, though. Here's what I'm trying. God will, is bringing those things to pass now, quickly. Quickly. We don't have time as pastors or people. We don't have the luxury that other generations have. I don't have the luxury of a building program. I, I, you understand what I mean? I don't have the luxury of a 10-year building program. I don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the luxury to do things the way it used to be done. We got to get in the flow of the Spirit and see it quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm saying? Understand what I mean. Understand what I mean. It's, it's on the way, but we got to get in the Spirit. We, we don't have time to do it like it's always been done. Right? It's, 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 and it's deeper than just no more church as usual. It's no more thinking like usual. It's, it's, it's no more living the way that people used to live. Too many Christians are trying to live part-time carnal and part-time spiritual, and you just can't do that. You've got to be one or the other. You've got to live in the Spirit, uh, right, or, or not. Amen. We all have a natural life that we live, but something has to take the ascendancy. Something has to be, at, 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 right, because you can live off just the top of your spirit. It's, it's kind of like when you're breathing. If you've ever had pneumonia or another uh, 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 issue with, with your breathing, some of you have, it fills your lungs. And you find yourself breathing off the top of your lungs. And you're going, because, because your lungs are expanding only that much. You can't take a deep breath because there's no room to take a deep breath. Right? If, if a person is constantly keeping their spirit full of carnal things, then they, they're just living off the top of their spirit. Amen. And they're seeing some results. They're seeing some changes, right? But when they, when they start emptying that stuff out and they start moving it out of the way, they get into those deep things. Uh-huh. That's, that's what Paul said. When he talked in, in and we're not, you don't have to go there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and he talked about the deep things of God. The deep things of God. One translation says, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit sounds the bottomless depths of the things of God. Now that, that, that's, that's so important. Because, because in that day when Paul was talking about that, the way they found, they sounded the depth of a body of water was they had a, that, that huge rock or anchor or metal or something tied onto that rope or chain and they let it down that boat and, and, and when it hit the bottom, they would mark how deep that water was. Right. Amen. The Holy Spirit is constantly sounding the depths of the things of God. There are things that God wants to move us into but to move into those deep things 
I've got to get over into that place in the spirit. Amen. You understand? And, and amen. Hallelujah. The, the, script, and the scripture says, the Woosh Bible says, of 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man of the highest intellectual attainment does not grant access to the things of the Spirit of God, for to him they are folly, and he is not able to come to know them because they're investigated in a spiritual realm. The natural man. Not a sinful man. A man that's living all of his time in the natural. See, to, to believe what we're saying tonight, you got to hear it with spiritual ears and believe it spiritually. Amen. That doesn't mean you can't watch a television show or enjoy your time. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, you remember when, when Sister Pat was here and she would make the statement, she was talking about the importance of praying in tongues. Two services, she talked about the importance of praying in tongues. And she made the statement, she was, she was sitting here and she made the statement about how much her dad, Brother Hagen, how much he loved football. And she said, but he'd be watching football, praying in tongues. Well, people say, well, what's that have to do with anything? He was giving his spirit the ascendancy. I'm enjoying the football game, but I'm keeping, right? I'm keeping, I'm keeping, I'm keeping one hand in the spirit. Because in, during the football game, he may want to say something. You don't ever check out spiritually. You check out naturally, but not spiritually. Amen. And that's why I notice what it says. It says to the natural man, the things of the Spirit of God are folly. The King James says foolishness. That's why you get around some people, you get around some of your family, other people that you know, and whether you know it or not, you're weird to them. Because you're spiritual. You think about things differently. It's not just that you have a positive outlook. You're spiritual. You're living out of your spirit. They're moved by everything that comes along. You're moved by nothing that comes along. Right? They look at everything carnally. There are carnal Christians. Carnal Christians that are going to go to heaven but live in no victory on the earth. And they're not going to live in victory on the earth because they're not living by their spirit. Amen. It's just expected of you and I as believers. Romans 8, 14. As, uh, if you're a child of God, you're led by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so to see these things, I've, I've got to see them and hear them, see them with spiritual eyes and hear them with spiritual ears. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what will he do? He will grant access to the deep things of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, the Woos Bible says, rich things we put into words, not in words taught by human philosophy, but words taught by the Spirit. Joining together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-taught words. So there's Spirit-revealed truths that I join together with spirit-taught words. 
Amen. Glory to God. And notice, it's not taught by human philosophy. Words taught by the Spirit. Words taught by the Spirit. You got to get in that place called in the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can teach you. Jesus said he would. He said in John 14, 26, he said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll teach you all things. He said in John 16, 13, when uh, uh, the spirit of truth come, he'll guide you. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth more than he called him anything else. Spirit of truth. So what does that mean? What he tells you is truth. You can rely on it. When you get the witness in your spirit, that's how it's going to be. And it said he would guide you into all truth. That word, that word guide, it's, it's or show you uh, 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 all, all things, show you, guide you into all truth. That word guide is like a tour guide. You know, uh, I've done a lot of traveling in my life, and, I, and I've been different places. For instance, when I was in Ecuador, we went to, to the downtown, the old, the old city of Quito, Ecuador, the capital. Beautiful city, beautiful city. But I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what to look for. But I had a guide. And he could take me to all the places that were, that anybody wanted to see. Explain to me what was going on. Right? I watched other people. They were just walking around. They didn't know what was going on. But I had a guide as a pastor of the church. But I had a guide. It carries that idea. You have a tour guide on the inside of you that knows everything that God wants to show you, everything that God wants to reveal to you, everything that God wants, to, wants you to see, and He'll take you right to it. But I have to engage Him. The Spirit of Truth has to be engaged. My wife and I were talking one time, and uh, uh, above all else, she's the most spiritual woman I know. And... Uh, but she made a statement to me one time. She said, I've been asking the Holy Spirit something. I said, what have you been asking the Holy Spirit? She said, I've been asking the Holy Spirit to show me my inheritance. And if you ask people, you know, well, what's our inheritance in Christ? Well, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What are those? I mean, we know some of them. Because we'll talk about prosperity and healing and peace and victory. And then we'll say, you know, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. What are all spiritual blessings? Well, I don't know. Now, if you know, you can come preach. (laughs) But I don't know all spiritual blessings. Now, why is it important to ask? I want to know what belongs to me. What does it mean to be an heir and a joint heir with Christ? What does it mean to be an heir of God? And a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I'll hear people preach that and they'll go, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, it means we have sonship. It means we have rights to authority. It means we have rights of, of, of placement. But, but what does that mean? What is, it, what is Jesus the heir of? Now, hold on to your brain. He, the Bible says he's the heir of the world. And it says we're a joint heir. Now, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit's got to show us. But you've got to ask the Holy Spirit questions. What do I need to see? What do you want us to do? Not, not just should I go or should I stay. 
What do, I, what do I need to be pressing into? Take your schedule and put it before the Holy Spirit and say, okay, what do I do first? Amen. What's the first step? Because this is what I plan to do, but what's the first step? That sounds simple, but, but understand, if, if I'm going to see these things, these deep things of God, we can exist or we can excel. It's up to us. Amen. This is so important. I say it's so important. And, and, and probably, I want to say, uh, around Thanksgiving. Around Thanksgiving. Now, Pastor Michelle and I have always prayed much in the Holy Ghost, but we just determined we're going to pray more. And we determined something else. We're going we're to start praying in the Spirit together. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. You know, uh, 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 a lot of people pray together. A lot of couples pray together, and one prays and the other one listens. I'm not saying that's you. But I'm saying, you know, to pray together, you don't have to let one pray and then you pray. Just get in there and pray together. Because there's a, there's a force that comes out. The same Holy Spirit in her is the same Holy Spirit in you. And he'll start showing her something and show you the same thing. But show you another part of it. Hallelujah. And just make it a point to do it. And there have been so many things that the Lord's been able to open up because you get over in that place in the Spirit. There are people on the sound of my voice, you feel like you're in a delay. It's a delay because nothing's being moved. The Lord gave us a, a Holy Spirit song a couple of Sundays ago in Little Rock called I'm, uh, uh, I Want to Go Deeper. And part of it said, as I, as I pray in tongues, as I sing a spirit song, things move right along. Don't get satisfied with delay. And here's my question for all of us. What are you waiting on? Amen. Why is it okay to be in delay? Why is it okay to be in a holding pattern? God needs you where he needs you to be. And he needs you doing what he needs you to be doing. And when you delay, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the people you're supposed to be helping. And you're stopping somebody else from moving into their position. Yeah, but nothing's working out. Why is nothing working out? See, I've got to ask myself these questions. Why, why do I feel like I'm at a standstill? I've got to pray in the Holy Spirit and move that thing out of the way. Hmm. No more delay. That's what he said. No more delays. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.